science podcast where we talk about science feuds that happen in history. And this time it's a little bit strong because we have felt some opinions about certain individuals in this feud today that's not very pretty. Yes, one of the one of our characters, historical characters is a, um I mean we felt was particularly annoying. So let's see how that feels. Let's try visualizing ourselves in old England. How old? <laughs> 300 years ago, 1800s, right? There is a doctor his name is Gideon Mantle and he has taken his wife Mary Mantle with him to Sussex to a patient of his who is visiting him, right? And now Mary is a woman so she is not really allowed to be a doctor by society per se. So she goes out for a walk in the nearby woods and she finds this fossilized tooth you know a fossil teeth which are really common nowadays and she takes it home now gideon has this very good friend named george cuvier and he is a famous fossil expert so gideon sends this tooth to george and george says oh it looks like a large hippos and discards it the next day he retracts the statement he says oh wait this is interesting it looks like an exactly like an iguanas but it's much larger much much larger and now this tooth later came to be known as the tooth of the second dinosaur ever discovered iguanodon uh, just a side note on george cuvier if you're interested i think um he was one of the most famous proponents of the mesozoic theory that dinosaur and big reptiles existed 300 million to 600 million 60 million years ago uh, which obviously we know now as the dinosaurs Well, well, this was a good setting. This was a very nice kind of story to look into, and it would have been perfect, like a happy ending. Oh yeah, hi, this is my wife, and she discovered a fossil which was of a new dinosaur. But that's unfortunately not how the story ends. Why is this not a happy ending? Because now comes the second subject of our feud, Richard Owens. Let's just not start with a bias that we obviously have, right? So now Richard Owens was very famous he was one of the most reputable scientists of his time this was before darwin had even set out on his voyage in the hms beagle so it was it was way before the evolution theory was kind of well known uh, owen was not exactly a creationist but he did believe that humans um belonged to a different kind of class um they were not really right, they did not yeah. follow the kind of yeah they did not really kind of follow the biological nature laws per se and he did uh, have a lot of contributions to science and education uh, i think he is very well known for his theory on homology when different animals have similar similarly kind of developed appendages yeah and he was also um he was the head of the natural history museum in uh, london and a lot of historians uh say that he is the reason the natural history museum became as popular with the general public and he kind of made it an epicenter of kind of science communication and history and uh kind brought in like public history to the fore so that is i i guess one of his major contributions um in bringing museums to be accessible to public to the public i mean all credit to him i think he was really important in bringing science communication at that time to the public right 
And now that, that that basically means that he was pretty famous. Darwin was in his good books in the beginning. And now now listen to what Darwin says about Owen Wright. This is a quote which I've taken verbatim. Quote, no one fact tells so strongly against Owen as that he has never reared a pupil or a follower. Quote. This says so much about it. What happened? What what happened exactly? What what happened <laughs> from being one of the strongest contributors in science communication to being so much hated by a lot of people in the scientific community? I mean, he had a huge ego to start with. I think you'll explain why he had a pretty big ego, but his ego definitely came in the way of doing anything meaningful in terms of maybe mentoring or even creating um, friends that would support his theories and collaborate with people in any meaningful way. He was very impressed with Darwin's book on the origin of species in the beginning. And then he kind of took a 180 degree turn, started maligning him anonymously online, not, not online per se, anonymously. Yes, yes. On... Uh, Richard Owen would be the troll that writes um, elaborate, like, writes an elaborate blog post saying, oh my God, Darwin is such a prick. Who does he think he is? Yeah, it was mostly, I think, boiled down to jealousy and uh, envy against Darwin and his followers. Yeah. But now let's just um, move back to basically the feud yes how did richard owen um intersect with gideon mantle and mary mantle i also want to add here which is kind of not really relevant per se but kind of the tea that gideon and mary did not really have a happy per se marriage they had some yes. kind of a rocky road that they were traveling together for some time and it didn't end well <laughs> kind of foreshadowing i'm already raising <laughs> i'm raising the death flag already uh I think to a degree, uh, Owen, I don't think Richard Owen was the sole reason that their marriage will later in the story deteriorate. As I think we'll see, Gideon Mantle was a little bit to blame as well in what happens. But I will let you continue until we can get to the part where um, we discuss their juicy marriage. <laughs> anyway, so now, Owen was not very pleased with Mantle's publishing published works per se uh, in terms of fossils dinosaurs evolution for some reason he was not maybe he didn't like the fact that he was the one who was the forerunner he um not he like he and his wife discovered the iguanodon there, there could be any reason which is not really kind of clear as to what led to his beef per se with um Mantel. but it did result in him taking some serious actions which included a lot of critique a lot of character attacks on uh, Gideon a lot of yes uh, false claims such as calling him a plagiarizer uh, claiming that he discovered the iguanodon first and this was something that was very sustained it was not like a one-time attack and stop it was very sustained yeah and to add um that's this is not something Richard Owen did only with Gideon Mantle and Mary Mantle um, he's also said to have done this with um, Mary Anning, another famous paleontologist, fossil collector. Um, she too submitted fossil records uh, that she had found at a, at a beach. And I think her name was essentially just not acknowledged in the records, which, I mean, for a while, nobody knew that she was the woman or person behind uh, 
some fossil discoveries. What's really surprising here is also that Owen did not have any sort of empirical backing for his claims. He was just attacking for no reason. Like whatever results and observations Gideon published, they were based on some sort of observation, some sort of relation to the existing organisms, some sort of scientific data, and Owen did not have any of them to his dispute per se. And this is something I think which is also very common in the current scientific world. I mean, the editors do not have so much power per se, but the people who kind of critique papers, send reviews, uh, use a lot of empirical data now um, to prove something that might be wrong, to add something onto um, a published um, observation that might be correct, or they might just reject publishing altogether because it's not interesting enough. Right. So, you know, this is some kind of power which is annoying, yes, but it's very well controlled right now on the basis of empirical data, but at that point of time, we didn't have that. So mm -hmm. people just kind of maligned other scientists' character if they didn't agree with them, just out of any reason call them pagans? 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 Pagans is too much. I don't think um, pagans would be the right word. But no, I do think that it all comes down to because um, science, it, it was just post or during, depending on which reference you take, um, during the science revolution or post the scientific revolution that began in the 1500s and science was becoming a really popular, interesting subject, even for common people. And that brought along with it a sense of fame and a sense of um, higher social status and standing. I also think we need to mention here that Owens was knighted. Like, he was so famous, he was knighted. Uh, he was the president, first president of the Microscopy Society of London. This guy was famous, famous. Like, he had a reputation that most of our characters seem to have when they get into feuds. And he still decided to go along and malign Gideon's character. I mean, Gideon and Mary Mantle, Gideon Mantle was famous. Mary was just kind of credited and thanked in his publishing, earlier publishing works, um, earlier published works, which said, oh yeah, she used to be credited for the iguanas um, and stuff like that. But they were not as uh, reputable as famous per se as Richard Owens was like I see no reason why he needed to attack somebody so much and what this led to was Gideon's family not being able to handle this sort of criticism right so they moved they moved to a different place and they lost a lot of their income so they had to change the house into a kind of fossil museum when people could enter it actually became quite famous because they had a pretty good collection. And this is where another drama starts. Now, now Gideon was an easygoing man. As if, as far as I've read, he enjoyed his work and he let people enter the house, per se, the museum without charge. And that caused a lot of financial strain. And like I said, the marriage with Mary was already strained. So Mary decided to leave and she left him. So she left him. Um, the son went to New Zealand, and he, even he became quite a famous paleontologist. Uh, and and his daughter also kind of not kind of she died day after that. So Gideon was basically left all alone, bankrupt, and without anybody in his life. And even though I would not want to blame Richard Owen for this, he does have a part of uh, a part to play in this sort of regression of Owen's life, and uh, of Gideon's life. And the thing is. Gideon's life did not end regressing there, it just got worse. Uh, 
he got crippled because of a carriage in accident later in his life, got addicted to opium and later just died of an opium overdose. I mean, it was just a train wreck after train wreck after train wreck ever since he found the iguana, his wife found the iguana on fossil, right? This is something that kind of made me really annoyed towards Owen, like, what is your motivation? To put the cherry on the cake, the cherry on the icing, whatever, when Gideon died... Cherry on the cake. (laughs) When Gideon died, there was an anonymous obituary kind of, again, uh, criticizing Gideon's career, calling him a mediocre scientist, very harsh words. And it's universally accepted that it it was Richard Owen who wrote this. Just seems so malicious. So what we are learning from this is that Richard Owen was a troll. Yeah, I mean, he seems like one of those beer bros from Reddit who just are like, oh yeah, you suck because you suck kind of thing. And Gideon was yeah. the kind of person that to get, get to him. I mean, yeah, if somebody who's really famous kind of comes to me and says, oh yeah, you suck, it would kind of have a negative impact on my life too. Considering that Richard Owen didn't only do this to Gideon uh, Mantle, he very vocally and anonymously targeted Darwin he published a bunch of reviews on on the on the origin of species and he had a very big um, feud with one of Darwin's collaborators and friends uh, Thomas Huxley Huxley yeah Huxley exactly there was such a big feud there as well probably future episode let's see I mean I mean we could honestly just do a whole series with Richard Owen's feuds and we would have a good seven eight episodes (laughs) oh definitely Richard Owen's feuds Newton's feuds uh, Tycho Brahe a lot of these big names especially um, during the uh, scientific revolution were um, because I think science was starting to get that um, level of fame and it was starting to be co- it was controversial it was changing these paradigms of how people thought the world worked we went from geocentrism to heliocentrism then we came up with um, gravity and how planets worked and these things challenged the norms both within how knowledge was sought as well Mm -hmm. as like more cultural forces today we consider um scientists to be the epitome of rational thought and for a lot of people science is their religion uh scientists science informs whether some people stay in a religion or not so it is a huge question yeah exactly but i'm sorry for interrupting (laughs) but that's exactly what we are trying to disprove here, right? Like, yes, science science itself is rational, but scientists are not. I mean, just the example here that such big, uh, reputed scientists went to such extent to make enemies. And it's not even like they made enemies because they were correct, like in terms of Copernicus against the church and stuff. They just made enemies because they wanted to make enemies. They were jealous, they were envious. I think they wanted to make enemies, but I think... I think they just wanted... To put others down, basically they're trying to make enemies, you know, and because they were on better positions in life, they kind of tried to bully the younger, the smaller scale scientists into submission. I would actually, there might be a part of it, but I would also say that sometimes sometimes feuds came out of an inability to accept change. Going to our um, Edison versus Tesla feud, um, Edison kind of not only had an ego but he was unable to see that ac alternating current was probably the future of electrical electricity which led to the clash and it led to who would be able to control the power 
and i think that inability to accept change and to see that um one might be wrong and that things are going to move ahead without you will ruffle a few feathers i mean you don't want to be left behind yes that's exactly what i was trying to say like when people think of scientists they're like oh yeah they, they are people who drive change who are kind of like very much towards the new things and while that is true science itself as a community drives change and they are towards good things in general right but <laughs> individual scientists are very thick headed they do not like a lot of change uh, they're not very flexible or malleable when they get established these scientists are kind of they have been established they have established themselves on the basis of some theories some sort of thoughts and ideas that have been going around in their time and for them that is correct so when something new comes in they are very resistant to this kind of new ideas and i agree that that might cause a lot of clashes in between in between you know people and scientists but richard owens did not have that from from what i get he was just insecure at least towards the later stages of his life in the first half of his, of, of his career i really respect him because of him we have really good kind of museum culture right now i would say but in the second half of his career just kind of goes off attack he was like those random people on the trains you have who shout at everybody <laughs> just taking out their frustration on others for some reason i don't know why yeah it it is it is hard to say it you could jot it down to personality that the man just had a volatile irritating argumentative personality uh but then you could also argue that he was sort of fighting against not being right all the time in when darwin proposed his theory of evolution owen attacked it and i think later on in life he tried to pass the theory off as his own that he proposed it before darwin which is also quite funny it just makes me think that the man does not want to be left behind in his own career so he's resorting to tactics that are that yeah that we will frown upon i i think that stuff like what richard owen does happens today it we might not come across it because it's the it's our present it's either undiscovered or uh, within the folds of elite institutions that we aren't yet a part of like we aren't high level scientists as of yet or we uh, have done and do science so we're talking from that perspective but i'm sure these views exist science is a really big deal today okay we're not going to touch the present because this is a history um yes this is like a this is focused on history so we're going to stick with that we don't want to comment on present uh, argument science scientists might have with one another so yeah richard owen he says a theory is shit and then a few years later he says this theory was mine yes that's exactly it when i say he was famous i'm it's not an understatement you know it's he was very famous like everybody knew owen i but come on i think famous people can be insecure as well the more you have the greater you have to lose so i think again a mixture of personality needs not wanting to be left behind in history because everybody understood that evolution and paleontology paleontology was a huge field at the time there were a lot of discoveries that were taking place archaeology and paleontology towards the early 20th century as well it was really like a big big deal you got so many expeditions yes 
so everybody understood that this was really important and i don't think anyone wants to be in the on the wrong side of history if you and i were in such situations uh we would also fight for our yes life. but i wouldn't think like that's the thing right like he was the person who was against these theories and then he was the one who said it are these theories are his you know like why would if he wanted to stay on the right side of history he would not have gone against these theories in the first place because when he did go against them these theories were already kind of established they were very much discussed they were abuzz and they were accepted he was not on the side of the majority even then when he was going against these theories which is which is weird as far as i remember when um Darwin published on the origin of species. Uh, Richard Owen re- wrote a review for the first time, and at that time, Darwin's theory of evolution and natural selection were re- very heavily debated. So he couldn't have known. That point um, of time, I think Richard Owen was on, in support of Darwin. The only place he actually kind of did not agree was that humans also followed this um, natural selection per se. He just said that evolution is more complex than what Darwin says. Right. Right. and it was only later towards um when huxley etc published their works when he went completely against darwin's theory let's go back to gideon mantle and mary mantle for a for a second how how much do you think gideon contributed to the field because at the moment we see that richard owen is kind of the aggressor in this and we've discussed his um role in science at the time and kind of reflected on how it applies to our world today but what about gideon mantle i am actually completely team gideon here i mean in terms of versus owens right i mean gideon in himself was kind of shady but <laughs> against owens i think he was more of a passive kind of i mean honestly he just seems like a kind of person who could not take any sort of criticism you know because he could have very well just i understand you can't really go against such a big institution like owens but he could have very well just gone with based the data you know he could have asked for empirical data he could have asked for proof that his observations are wrong which oven was very conveniently not providing right one thing that i found really weird and kind of shady which i understand in terms of human um uh, emotion is that when mary left gideon he kind of erased her from history i mean because most of her findings observations and any kind of contributions were through from gideon's published works because of credit and stuff when she left him he erased her from his work he credited himself for the discovery of iguanodon he credited himself for any kind of fossil discoveries or helps that he might have gotten from mary mary basically became lost in the history until she was rediscovered later on this kind of sounds weird now but that's exactly what happened um gideon could not handle his separation he kind of uh wanted to erase her which i understand i mean as a human i understand he was angry or whatever i don't know what exactly happened but as a scientist it's not acceptable you can't really just take away the contribution of somebody if you have a personal feud with them that is something that's really not acceptable in this time true and i think gideon at when the guanodon discovery happened and all his other contributions weren't was not on the level that richard owen was so richard owen could and did do the damage that he could because he had reputation on his side i don't think gideon mantle could have taken on richard owen even if he wanted to as aggressively because he was just not on the status that richard owen was by the time the feuds took place richard owen had a fantastic standing within the scientific community and he managed to do damage the way he intended to and poor gideon mantle 
spend the rest of his life in oblivion and i would say rather pitifully i mean as a judgment it's an opinion but um, i don't think that he took he did i mean he went into whole drug addiction you know the way he could yeah and i mean i don't know if he could if it was even possible we don't we we don't and we i mean we didn't live in the we are not vampires we didn't live in the 1800s so we don't exactly know whether gideon mantle could have risen from the ashes in one of the kind of heroic fiction stories that we tend to hear but yeah he kind of just let his life go and honestly this at this point it seems less like a feud and more of a one sided clobbering by owen which it was yes. i mean gideon let his life be dictated by richard owen and he paid the price for it and on the other side the only price that owen paid was a fall in reputation in the scientific community and that's it he lived a long and healthy life he died in 19 1892 40 years after gideon died um 1852 yeah i think darwin and huxley did more damage to richard owen's reputation than gideon mantle did but yes i, I think when we look at these stories today i as a i mean on a glance will heavily sympathize with gideon mantle mm-hmm. and especially mary mantle and will like instinctively rush to decry richard owen as the worst person on earth I think we see that story and it's a good story. It's a it's one of those stories history tells you that you're like, "Yes, I love this story. It has all the essential elements of villain and hero." But I don't think it it's necessary as black and white. Yes, like Richard Owen is despicable, but it is interesting to see where Richard Owen, I mean, like we have been where Richard Owen comes from when he does these personal um attacks or decides to target a certain scientist or man of science i agree with the fact that um owens um reputation was really damaged by darwin and huxley but he i would just say that owen kind of barked up the wrong tree i mean because darwin got very well established after the origin of species and it was i mean it's it's just like a bully trying to take on a bigger not not a bigger bully per se but like a guy twice his size and he he paid the price but also a lot of supporters of mantel the community kind of really sympathized with him and they really disagreed with the way owens treated his fellow scientists at that point of time so i would say in in all that owen even though he started off really good he kind of got really great heights in science and science communication I think he peaked in his early career and then he was just downhill because of his personality not because of his silent acumen. I mean I think it was I think Gideon Mantle himself said it's um I'm paraphrasing it's so surprising how men so talented can be so envious and despicable. It is it is quite a pity that um Richard Owen can be can do so many amazing things with the museum and with paleontology and yet be so and yet be such a bully you would think i would think that after accomplishing so much you would get a sense of contentment but um it just goes to show that humans are messy and that makes history and studying it all that more interesting and also it's kind of similar to today you know how 
Gideon kind of just got his work and life per se, not completely, but at part destroyed by ovens. It just kind of shows how difficult it is to speak against large institutions who have greater power over you and just calls again so much for this kind of justice system then the smaller person in a feud can make their point hurt, can maybe get the justice they deserve, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it would happen even if we... It's To, to me, it just seems like a thing that humans are necessarily... Like, we tend towards, which is if we get power, if we want to keep it. And that's what Richard Owen, I think, wanted to do when he did what he did. If you consider, like, any earlier career scientist would not want to battle a very well-established top upper crust scientist because that would really tarnish their future. So one might remain silent until they're in a position that they can actually voice what happened. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I would rather just say that this feud is one of the sadder ones when the morally wrong person ultimately wins. Firstly, I mean, this feud hands down goes goes completely like um in the court per se in of Richard Owens, it completely played out in his hands exactly how he wanted it, and he came out the winner at the end of the feud. But that's how life goes, and I think that's one of the reasons why nowadays in science you have a lot of inter inter community talk. You have less of these personal feuds, I would expect. And more of empirical data feuds, <laughs> and rather than character. We will yeah. see. I think I think we would have more feuds between labs. Um, I think though we still have big scientists, um, heading these labs. I think the work that labs do now, individual labs, is a very interesting. I think we'll see a glimpse of that when we discuss uh, uh, the feud that took place to discover the structure of DNA. Which is essentially not only between scientists, but also between labs and uh, between universities. Well, I guess um, that's all for today, kind of a downer. And I'm still annoyed at Richard Owen for what he did to the Mantles. But yeah, this was the feud between Richard Owen and Gideon Mantle, which led to the erasure of Mary Mantle from the history of science. And I guess you can read up on these people and our sources in the newsletter. Any names we took you don't really follow, um, maybe you can just, again, in our newsletter, in the description and everything. Um, you're again welcome to your criticism, any suggestions. Let us know what you would like to hear more. Yes, we hope you join us once more for the next few. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.